like Conan. I'm like the final Ninja Turtle. You can call me the Ronin. Can make a necklace out of bones with the people I've broken. And when I'm whipping the chariots, the only time that I'm roaming. And when I'm sipping the chalice is when I feel like I'm chosen. Because the liquid inside it, it has my third eye awoken. I'm feeling like I'm a king in my city, sipping this potion. So when I call up my army, just know my people in motion. I'm like, one, two, three, four. Feeling like I'm Biggie when I kick in your door. Loaded up with weapons when I walk to the store. Because staying alive and now feels like a chore. And I'm sailing to shore on the blood of my enemies. Frenemies wishing they didn't drop penalties. Wu-Tang sword, I've been rapping like Tenemy. Top dog rap, it's a whole different pedigree. Up up there. Hit you in the knee next to care. I don't know about you, I That's why they call me a barbarian. A barbarian. Hit you in the knee next to care. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a special Friday show here on I See Things a Little Differently. I told you guys about this Monday, and um, I'm excited because I, 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 I've never actually met this person three-dimensionally, but I remember I was, uh, it was earlier this year, I was talking to ZYG808, and you guys had heard him on the show last year, and we've collaborated on some music a bunch, and I was like, hey, man, I'm looking for some 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 rappers, some top MCs to to try to get on the, the this, this, this this these tracks and he was like all right and he gave me like four or five people's names and uh, i think i ended up working with two of them this is one of them and the thing that was so unique about this person was uh, his energy i remember reaching out to him on ig uh, his dms and i was like hey i got this track and blah blah and most mcs let's just just to give this away I think I, I want to get his perspective on this as well. But most MCs sometimes say, hey, can you do this? They say, yeah. They either don't get back to you or it takes them a very long time. I remember vividly, he said, I got something for this already. Blah, blah, blah. I'll be done by tomorrow. And I was like, all right, that's cool. So I remember I got the verse back and I was like, okay, all right. And it's funny because my mind was blank on this beat, this verse, that this beat and this hook that I did for about a good six months. And... I remember I shopped this song around to try to find someone to add a third verse to it. He had, because of the things he said on it, he had other supposed MCs. Like, nah, man. one MC told me, nah, I, I, he, I'm not going to let him kill me on the verse and I hear it first. I was like, that's embarrassing. You, you're not an MC then. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> just saying, well, yeah, he killed it, but that's, that's kind of just a part of it, you know? Um, and so... I was excited to 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 put it out there earlier this year. It's a track called Barbarian, um, but no, I, I'm ex actually excited to get to know more about him myself. So, without further ado, his name is Lipsy's out of Boston, Massachusetts. What's up, man? What up? What up? And actually, I'm not a Boston artist. Um, I'm actually what? from New Bedford, Massachusetts. Okay. Um, it's actually it's actually about like 40 minutes ish, 45 minutes away from Boston. Okay. So I just wanted to make that that distinct because. Uh, there's always that stigma that oh most uh, Massachusetts artists usually say they usually like claim Boston just to give themselves that extra little bit of name recognition you know what I mean mm -hmm. and I'm super big about my city and a lot of MCs from my city are and we see that kind of shit and we're like yeah that's weird energy like we would never say we're Boston artists because we're closer to we're closer to Rhode Island than we are Boston you know what I mean. It's so. very, it's very interesting you say that because um, I'm, I'm obviously I've never been to Boston before, never been to Massachusetts before, so I didn't know that part of it, yeah. you know. And where I'm from in Louisiana, 
people are very proud to rep where they're from, the ward they're from, or whatever. And so you don't really hear, I mean, you hear people say New Orleans, but like you really hear people more rep their their particular set than what they're from. So I did not know that. So thank you for uh, clarifying that. Of course. Actually, it's funny that you say that because that's like um, Suicide Boys, for instance. They're from New, they're from the Louisiana, New Orleans area, and they're always shouting out Seventh Ward. Mm-hmm. So you, you mentioned that, and it clicked. I remembered that. Yeah, and and um, and, and I think because Louisiana is so, in my opinion, back home is so tiny. Like you, you dude. I'm from, I'm from Kenner, Louisiana, and people just say, "What? Where is that okay. at?" And I'm like, I would say you've been. If you've been in Louisiana, if you've flown into Louisiana, you've been to Kenner. No, I haven't. Yeah, you have, because guess what? I was born right next to the, the, the Louis Armstrong Airport, which is in Kenner, <laughs> which is in Kenner, Louisiana. I was like, everyone's been through there. They're like, oh, and it's funny when you break stuff down like that. How important it is to a lot of people in the city, because I do agree with you. I do think it does bring some weird energy because me living all around in my life, I'm telling you right now, the one place I did live where that was a big thing was D.C. Like if you're a Maryland artist, you do not claim D.C. D.C. is a very proud place. And they're like, no, no, you no, you're I'm from Southeast. You're from P.G. County. It's a there was fights over these things and go go's. I remember saying to myself, these guys are fucking crazy. And so, it makes sense, though. no, no, it makes sense. It's just it was the first time I ever had to deal with that energy because, like I said, dude, I could, I personally could always walk around Seventh or or I could walk around Ninth or whatever. I'm not saying you should stay around if you're not wanted, but if you if you have no beef or anything, it wasn't that problem. But it was one of those different things where it's different when you're being there and when you're repping it. And I remember that that was very important. So when you said that as like, art, that's key. And also, it's funny because I'm a huge wrestling fan. And I've never heard John Cena say I'm from Boston. He says I'm from Newberry, Mass. I'm like, no one knows who that, where the hell that is. But he, exactly. al- but he always reps it though, so it's very important. So it's clear that you did that. So um, I'm glad you clarified that. But so, I have a question for you first. So, okay, your style, and we're gonna get into all the background stuff later. But I'm, I, I wanted to ask you this for a while now, but I hate typing on in people's DMs. Just being honest. Um, <sighs> You say in the Stone Barbarian that you're rapping like ten of you, right? You have a very unique style where I hate comparing people to 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 one because I hate being compared myself. But I feel like your style is a mix of Wu Tang and Bone Thugs. I, it sounds crazy, but like, what where 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 are your inspirations? You know, it's funny that you say that because I'm actually sitting in my studio right now. I have I have my own. I have a three bedroom apartment, so um, we turned one of the extra bedrooms because it's only me and my wife. It's only the two of us here mm-hmm. with a whole last three bedrooms. So we have one spare room and then the other extra bedroom is my studio. It has a big ass walk-in closet with a, you know, its own booth and whatnot. with the mic set up in there. It's all padded up and shit. Fucking. And I, it's funny that you, you mentioned Wu, Wu-Tang and Bone Thugs because I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the wall and I'm looking at my sealed copy of Wu-Tang's 36 Chambers. Mm. <laughs> On vinyl, on vinyl framed, it's just sitting on the wall. So I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a massive Wu-Tang fan. I, I love Wu-Tang. Um, funny enough, actually, I have a Capadonna feature that I'm sitting on. I'm waiting to release that. Wow. Um, well, that's a dope. Yeah. I need to hear that. That sounds dope. I'm very excited. The song ended up coming out sick. Um, so 
Bone Thugs. I grew up listening to Bone Thugs, but not to the extent of other artists. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I obviously knew Bone Thugs. I obviously could be... You could throw on any one of their, like, B-side tracks, you know what I mean? And I'd be like, oh, all right, this is Bone Thugs. You know what I mean? I, I Like, I knew, what Bo- I knew who Bone Thugs were, but right. I can't sit here and name off different songs and be like, yo, when this person said this <laughs> in this song, you know what I mean? Not like I can with Wu-Tang. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um... But yeah, no, I've, I've actually... It's funny, I've been compared to a whole bunch of different artists. I've been compared to... Um, I've had the Suicide Boys comparison with different songs. I've had the Mac Miller comparison. I've had the Chris Webby uh, comparison. I've had the Lil Wayne comparison. Like that one. That one's very, very rare. But I prefer that one. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So now that I've already gone too far, <laughs> let's just take it back. So coming up, my, yep, coming, no, no, no. That was all me because I just like I said, dude. I've been meaning actually for a while. So now that's all me. Um, taking it back. You're from Massachusetts. What brought on this love of music? So I've always had music in my family. Um, my uncle was, well, not was, is the uh, he's been the lead singer of metal bands for like thirty years, thirty plus years in the city. Mm. So he's that you know I've always been around musicians. I've always been around people performing and whatnot. Um, I personally. I mean, I always wanted to get into music. I just didn't know how. At first, funny enough, I was trying to like learn an instrument. Like I was trying to learn guitar at one point. I was trying to learn the ger- the drums at another point. And then I kind of just sat there and I'm like, I don't have, I don't have the patience mm. to learn any of these fucking instruments. I'm all set. You know what sounds fun? Rhyming words. Mm. And to be honest, I always liked hip hop. I always, I always liked rap. I always liked hip hop. Nineties hip hop was always like my favorite thing. Like whenever, like uh, one of the local radio stations would do this thing called uh, Back in the Day Cafe, and from like noon to one p.m., it'd be all like classic throwback tracks and shit. And that's where I ended up getting introduced to like Tupac, mm. Biggie, fucking well, you know Wu Tang. Like I, I ended up getting introduced to a lot of that during that block period, as well as other artists like Stevie B. Um, oh, fuck, it's a chicken. I can't think of a goddamn name. But, um, fuck, watch. I'm going to think of it later. I'm going to shoot you a message and be like, this is who I was thinking of. <laughs> but it's it, it's along the lines of like that uh, alternative dance music, like the, I want to be the one you kissing and hugging. Like that, that style of music. Mm-hmm. But... I I love that style of music, like the like the dance. Like, have you ever seen the movie A Night at the Roxbury? I have. That's that style of music is literally one of my favorite fucking genres. If they still played that shit in the clubs today, I would be at the club every weekend. One hundred and ten percent. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like, okay. like I like I wouldn't be rapping. I'd be making that shit. To be okay. honest with you, okay. <laughs> like, I'd, I'd be making some sort of crazy ass like alternative dance rap hip-hop shit and just fucking it'd be dope that's that that's dope to hear it's funny because when you i find it interesting that the times i do interviews when people ask me questions uh like hey what talent do you wish you had when i say sing people are always surprised i'm like and this and see right now that i mean that's unfortunate 
because singing in hip hop is a dirty word sometimes. It doesn't have to be. Singing has been a huge part of hip hop since the beginning. But I, I, when I say oh, absolutely. when I say sing though, I mean I wish sometimes when I'm doing choruses, I don't need to get a feature because it's like I want to have this be my full vision. Now sometimes when someone comes in and they hear what you're doing, they could just knock your vision out of the park so they get it. But they have to want to get it. And I don't know if you've ever had this happen. Once again, going off topic for a little bit, where you like are doing a track and someone wants to jump on it, so you allow them to jump on it and they completely like ruin the vision of the track. And it's like, well, I didn't really. It's like, I I wanted I wanted chocolate. You gave me vanilla. And so I've had that happen a lot. Okay. Um, I've actually completely not released songs because of that. Mm. Um, well, I've, I've also not released the song. And taking those same lyrics that from my side and just re-release them on a different beat. Right, right. So that way the person's like, damn, like, you know, I wrote that for that beat. All right, cool. Now you can, if it's a beat that I made, cool, you can buy it. You can buy the beat from me and you can just rap on it then because, like, I don't want to work with this beat anymore. Interesting. You know what I mean? Interesting you said that. And, like, this is going to be all over. Sorry, people. But he's, we keep going places. So I don't know. So obviously you're a hip hop head in my that's how that's that, when I when I the times we the few times we talked I get your hip hop head. Have you ever seen the beef DVDs from back in the day? No. Okay. No, I haven't. Okay, so there's a there's a beef that was happening. I love the beef I love the first two iterations of the beef DVDs because they went more in depth with certain beefs that I never knew happened in hip hop, right? And one of them was Mob Deep, mainly Prodigy, but Mob Deep versus um True Life. And I love True okay. Life. I think True Life is one of the most underrated. Or as a matter of fact, your swagger on records, when I hear a lot of your music, reminds me of True Your styles are completely different. But your swaggers, your confidence, the stuff when you, you guys just get on it. And it doesn't matter if you're the best verse or not. You're coming on it saying, no, nah, this is my song now. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm just hopping on and being like, yeah, I'm going to rap now. You're, you're going to take... You pressed play on the song, you're going to hear me now. Exactly. And so there's an interesting fact. True Life, and this is an early, early, early 2000s. True Life did a record with my, with a Prodigy and another artist. I can't remember the name at the time. Well, what happened was Prodigy used that same verse on another record. And this so happened that his True Life's record label heard that verse and said, well, we don't want to put this out and make it seem like it's weak. So they refused to release True Life's verse, which initially caused the beef. And so it's uh, funny how okay. you have never even heard of that and you are so conscious as to say, you know what? Let me just not release it because that wasn't a thing. I remember, I'm telling you now, I'm, I'm sure I'm not much older than you, but I'm, I just know there was a time where you could release the person rapping the same verse. It wasn't a big deal. But I remember that beef. After hearing about that beef, I remember that kind of started a thing where people just said, "Yeah, I'm just not gonna release it, or I just won't release your verse, and you'll still get paid for it or whatever." But do you do that to kind of spare people's feelings? Um, I wouldn't say so much to spare people's feelings. It's more or less my impatience to let them get it right, and I interesting. I will I will admit that's definitely a flaw on my end. Okay. But if I, I, I kind of think, I kind of think sometimes like 4D chess mm. and I think like, you know, wicked far, I, I think very far ahead. So if I don't see your verse improving, then I don't want it. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. 
So let me ask you a question though, because this is just interesting to me. Um, where does that come from? Where does that impatience come from? Because not everybody gets it on the right. Like, like not everyone gets it on the first try. Oh no, I totally understand that. Um, I think the impatience comes from. I, I see. I don't even. I think maybe impatience was a bad word. Um, it's more or less like I just really want to put something dope out. Mm-hmm. So I know I went like all right. When it comes to somebody else's track, like say for instance, you know that the, the song Barbarian that we did, I went hard because I liked the beat, I liked the vision, and I just wanted to go hard. You okay. know what I mean? I just wanted to give you a great fucking product. Um, when it comes to other people featuring on my songs, I I already know that I'm gonna bring it. I just want you to either match me or surpass me. Mm. I don't care. I don't care if you sound better than me on my track. That's shit. I hope you do because nine times out of ten, I need the beat. So if you sound good on my beat, that's gonna that's still gonna you. make everything sound even better. That's you know what you. I mean? That's that, that's that looks good for me as an artist because. Another artist is able to rap decent on my beat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Me as a me as an artist slash engineer producer, I was able to like pick the right person to rap on the beat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, they ended up providing. Uh, I kind of I kind of like to when I'm doing my features. I don't really know who's going to be the feature until I send it out. Mm. Or, or until, like, nine times out of ten, I don't send out a feature unless I'm dead certain that person's going to say yes. How are you dead certain they're going to say yes? Because to me, and this is a conversation me and uh, ZYG have had, and I'm going to get to you and his relationship in a second. Um, we've had this conversation before. Like, that's probably, to me, the most frustrating part of the whole thing, surprising enough. I like to... The, the business side is always frustrating, but to me, that's the most frustrating side because a lot of times... I never know if someone's going to say yeah because so many people like I'm not knocking anyone's hustle for the record I, but I, I heard the craziest thing two days ago I was talking to my manager and I said hey I got this track I got this track called the internet I really believe strongly in it and I said I need someone with a sound like Nate Dog. they don't need to sound like Nate Dog, but they need to be able to bring a a, a, a chorus or a more in this term as a bridge right and so this my okay. manager reached out to this artist the artist, here's what the artist told me. He says, first of all, it's $40 just for me to listen to the record. I never heard that's of that. The, that's the craziest shit I've ever heard. I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. $40 to listen yes. to the song? Yeah. To even, to even whether or not... I, yeah, I'm, that is the craziest shit I have ever heard in my fucking life. <laughs> Like, I don't know who this artist is, but they're not worth my time. If if you're charging me $40, if, if I want you on my song, and you're going to charge me $40 just to tell me no, right. you're not even worth my time. Right, and so when he, when, he, when he sent that message, I was like, I remember my manager hit me up. My manager saw it, because he put us in the group chat. He saw the message before me, I was off doing some other stuff. And my manager hit me up on a phone call. And we he barely calls me. Like, he'll, like, FaceTime me first. But he called me. He was like, man, have you read that message? I was like, nah. And so I was like, what's up? He told me. So I had to go read it myself. Because I wanted to respond. You know, it's just I respect that he even reached out to him. 
And so I was like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll check out your stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow. Cause I, cause I work with a ton of artists who I didn't necessarily have the vision of working with just because of the fact that I love collaboration and I love, even if you don't sound right on beats that I make or whatever we're doing, I still feel like there's a relationship that can be built. Like to me, when I reached out to ZYG about different artists, it was more of like, hey, whenever whenever I get to that Massachusetts market, I can at least reach out and say, hey, man, you know any good studios, you know, or, or whatever. I feel like it could be that. But when I saw that, I said, that's kind of crazy. And I guess that leads to my next question of when it comes to collaborating, like, have you ever, and this may sound rudimentary or whatever, I don't know, but have you ever said, hey, I want to talk, I want to to work with this person have you ever sat someone down and say hey this is what i want from you you have a particular style i want this from you uh yeah i actually just it's funny enough you say that i actually just went through that recently okay how'd that <laughs> funny go enough, um i didn't i i all right so i i'm not obviously gonna say who right and whatnot but i asked them for a specific thing I, I asked them for specific vocals over a specific section of a song mm -hmm. three separate times. Mm. And each time it was everything but that what I asked for. Every single time. It was literally everything but what I asked for. So, I mean, we're still going to do the song because it's family. Mm -hmm. But I am disappointed that after at, after telling them three times what was needed, right? I had to on the fourth time. I had to be like, "Do you just not want to, you know, write vocals mm. for them to be like, yeah, no, I don't want to." So I so I'm like, "All right, you could have just said that fucking the first time," and <laughs> I, you know what I mean? The yeah. song would have been done. It's funny you bring it up because, and this is one of the things that frustrates me with. I limit my features only because I used to rap really fast, like uh, really, really fast. And uh, but people didn't realize this about my style. The reason why I evolved to what it is now, I don't even know what it is, to be honest with you, how to name it. But I used to rap really fast because I was very shy. So I wanted to get my verse over with. So a lot of times when I was rapping, okay. I was just rapping fast to get the fuck out of the booth in the way. So that way I would spend less time around people seeing me rap. And so, so many times when people hear me rap... They're like, well, I want that. And I'm like, well, that's hard for me to do because I have to be in a certain mindset to do it. Like, yeah. And and people a lot of times I have I say, well, I don't want that. I said, I understand what you want. I've been honest with you though, to let you know, hey, there's certain like for me to rap fast, I have to be on a certain thing. But because I have grown lyrically, I really want people to understand my lyrics. For as much as I love Twista. Bone Thugs, all these fast rappers. I don't mind listening to the same music over and over and really engulfing myself in that world that they've created. But yeah. we live in a different world now where people are like, 10 seconds, man, that shit's whack. I ain't listening to that. Yeah. And that's tough. It's funny that you say that, too, because uh, I had submitted a song a while back to... Um, uh, in Atlanta, like some like it, uh, Atlanta show that was going on, it was like a live stream or some shit. And I fucking they get they finally get to my song, they start playing it, they played like 15 seconds of it and was like, what the fuck is this shit? Mm. And then the crowd was like, 
just let it play. Like, you didn't even let it play. It played for, like, they let it play for, I want to say, maybe, like, half of the first verse. And they were like, yeah, we're not listening to the rest of this. And everybody in the chat was like, wow, you listen to everybody else's start to finish. You're not going to listen to this. What the fuck? And I'm like, damn, like, I get I get taste is selective, but at least my shit wasn't auto-tuned like everybody else's. What the fuck? And I think that's kind of the problem is everyone. And this, and this is why I love watching those little short genius documentaries on YouTube. They're like five to ten minutes, sometimes not even that long. And I, and you saw, I remember I saw one that had Post Malone's manager on it. And Post Malone's manager said, well, what I started doing was how you make people earn the hook. No, let's let's put your hook at the very beginning. So you're getting Post Malone's hook at the first, like, 10 seconds. Now you already are engulfed in the record. Now you get a stream and whatever. And it's like, now you have to kind of manipulate people into listening longer to the music because they are so used to one certain style. And... Those type of, uh, I don't know if it was a contest or not, but those things, I stopped submitting my stuff to because they're frustrating. Because it's like, okay, this needs work. Homie, as you just said, you listened to 10 seconds. How did you know anything yet work? See, that's why I like watching the uh, the grind mode stream. So I want to give a shout out to uh, Grind Mode Cypher real quick. They're fucking dope. They're fam fucking they travel all over the country and do ciphers and shit they're based out of Rhode Island right over here and um on Sunday nights they have their they have their live stream show Sunday Night Grind submit a song they listen to the whole song start to finish they don't they don't stop it they don't skip it nothing even if the shit even if the song is complete fucking butt cheeks like it they they keep that whole shit playing the whole time Mm, and then at the end of it they're like you know this shit was dope or have you maybe tried working with this program to do this? Or, like, mm. you know, they'll give constructive criticism. They right. don't just completely shut it off and be like, nah, bro, butt cheeks. <laughs> no, that, that, and that's you know dope. I mean? No, that's dope. That's dope. And sorry we're all over the place, but you keep saying interesting stuff. So I um, I forgot where I was going to go with this interview. So fuck it. I'm just going to go wherever I want to. So, <laughs> so essentially... Got to music. You've always had music through your through your um, family. Except rhyming words put it together. But what made you then put together to then start writing? What 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 was what was your initial inspiration to say? Let me see how this goes. So, it, thank you, thank you for running it back because I did want to finish this story. So um, you know, so having you know, fam, music in my family and whatnot, um. I want to say right after I'd moved out of my mother's house at 17, uh, I was living with a friend of mine and I was working at Burger King at the time. The job after Burger King is what really solidified everything. So I'll get to that in a second. Um, so while I was working at Burger King, I was like, it was around that time period. So I'm at my buddy's house. So we're just sitting, we're hanging out. Um, he's playing call of duty. And this is back when, like, the iPod Nano was a thing with the camera on the back. So I have, I'm, I'm on my iPod, and I'm just listening to music, not not really doing much. I'm just watching him play. And, oh, I think I was, like, rolling a joint or something, or, like, rolling, roll, or, like, packing, making a bolt, something to smoke weed out of. That's what I know what I was doing. Um, but I had the instrumental for Fireman playing from Lil Wayne. And I don't know what the fuck I said. I have no clue, but I sat there and rapped for, like, the whole beat, just, you know, doing what I was doing, just 
out loud just making things go and kind of just stringing things along. Mm. And the beat was done. I stopped rapping. My buddy's match ends, and he turns around and he goes, what the fuck was that? And I was like, what? And he was like, you just sat here and rapped for like fucking five minutes, dude. What the fuck? And I was like, I did. Okay. <laughs> I, I did. You're right. And, you know, I, I, I wrote something down, but it wasn't much. And it was kind of, it was pretty much ass. Um, so I ended up leaving Burger King. I go to a new job. At this new job, I was working in a welding shop. Um, so I'm there for like a, maybe like a week or so, um, I'm hanging out on break and all of a sudden I hear people rapping and I'm like, huh, what's going on over here? And I, you know, I walk over and there's a group of like nine of my coworkers all just sitting in a circle and four of them are going back, rap, going back and forth rapping and shit. And I'm like, oh, this is a vibe. What the fuck? Hmm. And it was, and it was good. It was good rapping. You know what I mean? Like I. By that point, I obviously I liked hip, I loved hip hop, you know what I mean. So like I knew what was good and what wasn't. So like they're all going back and forth, and I'm like, yo, this is a five. Who the fuck? What the fuck? And then like it kind of clicked for a second because it didn't click at first. Uh, two out of the three of the no, three out of the nine of the people that were standing there, three of them I fucking went to high school with. They mm-hmm. had they had graduated three years before I did. And we were all in the same welding shop. That was my that was my shop in high school was welding. So we all ended up working at the same place together, like like years later. Hmm. Um, one of the other people in that grouping was the homie Zali. And Zali is not only on my second uh, dream album, but he's also going to be on this new album coming out in October. And he's like an old head in the city. Like he's like, not, I'm not going to sit here and be like, he's, he's an old man, but like, he's, he's like OG OG crowd. He's from the OG crowd of hip hop heads from the city. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So getting him on tracks is like, it's like, in my opinion, it's like some legendary shit. You know what I mean? Cause Mm -hmm. I've got like local legends that were doing this shit before me, before I even had the thought of going out and doing shows and performing and whatnot. They were doing that, and they had they had people wearing their merch and shit. You know what I mean? So getting him on music, getting him on tracks is, you know, mind blowing. But yeah, no, fucking actually work, working at that welding shop is where I really got the inspiration and just seeing people that I was familiar with, mm. like some people that I could be like, oh, okay, somebody I trust that actually knows what they're do- what they're doing. Could you? read these raps and see if I'm on the right track. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I'm on the right page. So yeah, actually right there is where, what really started me rapping was, rap, you know, hanging out with them on break and shit. And then eventually making connections with them outside of work. With that being said, I have a question for you that I've asked a couple of people. No one's been able to really answer it for me from their perspective. Ooh, give me it. Give me it. I want to try. When did you first know you were good? When I first knew that I was good, um, okay, this is definitely, I have two answers for this. Okay. Um, I have the answer of 
when I when I performed when I opened for Montana of 300 and I was the first artist to perform on the stage I was the first artist up and I rap you know I do my whole set rap over rap over the instrumentals and uh, before the end of the before I you know get off the stage you know my, my set's done and whatnot, but before I get off the stage, I go back to the microphone and I'm like, oh, and by the way, I'm probably going to be the only artist in here that doesn't rap on their vote, that doesn't rap over their vocals. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, the whole crowd, the whole place fucking lights up. They were like, oh, shit, okay. Okay, motherfucker. Hmm. Hey, I shit you not, bro. The next person that goes up, their whole set, they were rapping over their vocals. <sighs> and everybody went outside to smoke. I want to, like, so locally, I knew I was good when people actually stay in, when people started to actually stay inside to hear me rap. Mm. When I was no longer the cigarette break, that's when I knew, like, all right, I, I finally got something here. Um, I'm going to do a song called The Cigarette Break now, just so you know. Go ahead. <laughs> Fucking should, son of a bitch. <laughs> um, so uh, my other answer is, my, like, because I, I said I had two answers. Right. My other answer for this is, I still don't think I'm that good. I feel like, interesting. You know, I feel like hip hop is always evolving. It's always growing. It is the uh, the end of the uh, the independent artist or even the mainstream artist. You know, artists in general, we're constantly evolving and changing and growing. So. I do I rhyme good? Yeah. Do I make dope songs? Sure. Am I the best? Nah. I think about I think that sometimes, but everybody's gonna have that little bit of conceitedness to sure. keep pushing. You know what I mean? But do I think that you know I'm like? See, I I think I can always. I feel like I can improve. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. I don't. I don't think I'm at. I don't think I'm at my peak yet, mm-hmm. and I don't know when that peak will be. Mm. Interesting, you said because it's something I had something happen to me this year that was uh, mind blowing for myself. I, I, I never like so I did I did an album called Midnight Inspired in 2019, and normally okay. when I've done projects music projects especially my mind goes blank for like six to seven months i can't i only write verses it just goes blank music for some reason it just it just blocks me well i never stopped writing and i remember saying myself, okay it's interesting and i remember i introduced um i'm in colorado at the moment about to move soon and i remember i met this engineer i met this major engineer out here called tyler and i found out something interesting about him he is the person like how Young Guru is the Jay-Z's guy who can hear what Jay-Z is good at, but also what pe- people want to hear from Jay-Z. Tyler is my guy. And I, re- okay. and I realized that when I did this record earlier this year, which was a throwaway record, I legit, me and my co-producer put together this beat. I was just feeling this type of zone. And I remember I got to the studio and I, I told him as I got into the booth, I was like, I'm not really feeling this these these words or anything just 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 go with it and we put together this song and as i'm right as i wrote the verses in the in the booth 
I'm just writing and going. And at the end of it, the song wasn't even complete. It was just two songs. I said, I need to find a female to sing on it. I remember I left the booth. And as I'm leaving, Tyler said, hey, that, this is a dope record. Like, don't don't be lazy. I didn't know what that meant. I just said, all right, whatever, right? So I found this singer, put her on it, named the record Think About It. I came back, had him mix and master it. And he said, this is dope as shit. I said, oh, I appreciate that. Well, then I decided to make it. I sent it to my manager. He said, what is this? I said, this is a song that I was just messing with. He said, you got to put this on. We got to put this out there right now. I said, what? And all of a sudden, it's kind of done me a lot of, it's done me a lot of good favors because got me national radio play in the Carolinas and all this other stuff. But it's funny because, as you, as you said about evolving, I realized my style was evolving on Midnight Inspired when I did a track the same way called Streets of Rage. Literally, the beat came out nothing like I wanted to come out, hated the beat, and I actually just freestyled over it. And I don't freestyle. I hate freestyling. Like I, I've, I love what freestyling did for me because freestyling allowed me to be a better writer. But when I freestyle, I feel like it's me being lazy as a writer because freestyling is definitely an important talent, in my opinion, to hip hop. Um, but I remember doing Streets of Rage. And I remember the, like seeing the reaction people gave me from, from that. And I was like, I hate this song. <laughs> and, and, but people loved it. Uh, and it just showed my style constantly evolving. I think that's key that you can still be the best, but your style still needs to constantly evolve. I've heard, I feel like I've heard, I've heard I know obviously I haven't heard all your music, but I feel like I've heard a lot of your music. And I feel like, I feel like your style is, 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 is evolved from the stuff I've heard. Like in each track, I don't feel like I hear the same guy, you know, personally. I feel like I, I know I hear you, but I don't hear the same person on every track. So I, I, um, I, I definitely feel like you fit that mold as well. That's just my opinion, though. So it's funny that you, it's funny that you were talking about, you know, you've heard some of my music and whatnot. Um, I'm curious to know exactly what you've heard, because on SoundCloud alone, I have uh, 11, no, 10 mixtapes on SoundCloud alone, and then I have... One of those mixtape, one of the mixtapes that's supposed to be on SoundCloud mm-hmm. because of copyright issues and shit. Mm-hmm. I put it on Bandcamp. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I have five albums. Well, sorry, I have four albums out. All four of them are self-produced, as well as three EPs that are all self-produced. The stuff I've heard, I actually have not heard any of your SoundCloud stuff. I've heard all your stuff on uh, uh, Spotify though. Like when. When we first talked, after um, initially me us introducing uh, ZYG, giving me your information, I went to your SoundCloud, listened to a bunch of your stuff. I mean, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, listened to a bunch of your stuff. I, I knew I was already going to work with you because, like I said, you had such positive energy when we were like t- messaging each other. It wasn't like you were just upfront. You were like, hey, this is what I do and this is what I want to do and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't like the normal yeah. runaround I get where it's like, well, you know, man, I got hard life right now it's like oh jesus the fuck christ dude give me a break um <laughs> so it wasn't anything like that i already knew i was gonna work with you i just wanted to hear what what you had and i don't rem- there's one song i remember it was one of the first tracks i heard i don't remember what it was but it was just you rapping and i said man this dude is a murderer <laughs> and i was like um i was like oh this is dope so I've, I've heard i know for sure i've heard all your stuff on spotify but i've actually never heard your stuff on soundcloud now i'm more now i'm really interested to hear your stuff on soundcloud and I actually until you said this earlier in the interview i had no clue you did your own beats so that's very fascinating to me as well 
Yeah, so um, all of my stuff on SoundCloud is all um, industry beats. So it's all remixes and shit. Okay. Um, and I have, I, I, I think I said like 10 mixtapes mm-hmm. on there. Um, and then there's one of them that's actually supposed to be on there that's on Bandcamp. So technically 11. Um, and that's the, uh, the Catacombs series. I have nine Catacombs mixtapes. And then there's uh, two uh, Stay in Drugs, Don't Do School. So there's those two. What, 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 say that again? Uh, stay in Drugs, Don't Do School. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like I'm missing a mixtape. I, I know I'm not, but I feel like I am. Um. Those, yeah, all of that is all industry beats. So it's all remixes. Okay. Um, ac- actually, I can, since I'm on the phone, I can, it's funny because I was actually going through SoundCloud too before we got on the call. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, my all-time stats for my SoundCloud, I was looking this up, I was very excited, I was very proud of myself. <laughs> um, so since I started actually re-up like actually uploading music constantly mm-hmm. in 2018 i've had my account since 2016 but you know it ca- well, there wasn't posting anything so from 2018 um 198,493 plays nice yeah so i that, that was nice that was that was nice to see but let me let me bada bing bada boom so let's see Catacomb 7, for instance, has uh, a Player's Anthem remix from Junior Mafia, um, a remix from Threat from Jay-Z, an Ice Cream remix from Raekwon, uh, Off the Books from Beat Nuts. Uh, I remixed Holy from Lil Wayne. He said Uh, said Off the Books by the Beat Nuts. Oh, my goodness. People don't know about that track, man. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Bro, I got some deep cut shit on here. Um, I've got a, a whole bunch. I love hip hop, dude. Like, I love rapping on beats that like most motherfuckers wouldn't even be hip to. Um, mm. this mixtape was dope. Fucking Catacombs Five. I, there's two diss tracks on here to two other rappers. Um, I've got a Canon remix from Lil Wayne. Um, I remixed Middle, Middle Child from J Cole. Remixed Going Bad from Meek Mill. What was the inspiration for the for these mixtapes, the names and everything? Because everyone has that. Defi- I feel like great artists have been having that defining mixtape, like uh, whether it's the drama, the, the 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 DJ drama, the gangsta grill stuff, whatever. You have the catacombs. Like, what inspired this particular angle? So it was basically me trying to dig into the catacombs of hip hop and pull out beats that most people wouldn't typically use. Mm. And then obviously, you know, hitting the mandatory beats too. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, actually, one of the first remixes that I did that really like caught attention was um, a remix of Mask Off from Future. Okay. And to this day, still probably one of my favorite remixes I've done. Like it's, it's just so fun to do. I'm going to have to hear that track when I get off here. That, that, that beat this hard. <laughs> I, I've actually done it I've actually done it live too and um, I forgot what event I feel like fuck I really can't remember what event it was but I remember I had a long ass set I feel like it was for my fourth album for my Dream Forever album I feel like I had a release party for that 
and I just can't, I'm just kind of drawing a blank. But for that, I did a whole, like, 40-minute set, and I had fucking songs off the album, and then I did, like, an extra five encore songs mm-hmm. that were all, that were all, like, like some some of them were new songs that I wanted to perform, but other ones were like long time fan favorites and shit. And the mask off one was one of them, and that the whole place went fucking crazy. It was so dope. Everybody was like, "Oh my god, he's because he, I I had never actually performed it in like four or five years." Is that so on purpose? For, for me, for me to just whip it out out of nowhere and be able to just nail it as if I'd written it yesterday, like it, it was, it was a cool vibe. Was that on purpose? You're not performing it. Uh, it was just, it's an old song. Hmm. You know what I mean? That wasn't the content I was trying to push at the time. I got you. So uh, I'm gonna go off topic for a second. How do you know ZYG? Because everybody I've talked to in that community, and I know it's all over. So, so with all due respect to every community in Massachusetts, please don't cut my head off. Like, like they, he, he, he gets a lot of love. I remember one artist was like, "Oh, you know ZYG? I'll do anything. Just give me the beat." And I was like, "Oh wow!" Like he, like him, first of all, him and his dad are dope. <laughs> but like, um, how you guys even meet? So, I met him through uh, a hip hop group, like organization group, media company thing that I was working with at the time. Um. And we just connected through Instagram, okay. and you know, you know what I mean. We we met at a live show, and then ended up just staying in touch on Instagram after I'd left that uh, media organization. Okay, have you guys ever done a record together? I never asked him this. No, actually, and I would love to because I feel like that would be the absolute grooviest fucking track possible. Because I. Just because I rap all kinds of crazy shit and like wild ratchet shit, I can definitely get funky on a beat. So right, like, right. You, you, you play, you get, a, you get a nice baseline going and some fucking groovy ass drums. I'll, I'll start spitting some shit that'll ride on that perfectly. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he could definitely bring it out of you for sure. Um, and I, I have to ask, I have to go back for a second. You said you have disc records. Like I've actually never met an artist on, on, and that's, that's, that's diss somebody. Like what? I, we don't need to know names around the drama, but like, what made you even go that route? Okay, so in one instance, it's funny too, because like, actually, there's a couple of I've, I've actually had a couple released over the years, but um, I have a couple that have been released, and I have a couple that didn't get released because the res the the songs got sent to the people before they got released, and the situation was resolved before the song got released. <laughs> so um and then other other people I just didn't give a fuck and just never sent them the fucking track and was just like, you know what? If you drop something first, I got something to retaliate. Right. So anyways, um one instance, one person I released the track because uh they were living with me for a little bit, like they were an actual roommate for a little bit and they were part of like a rap trio. Like they were part of like a like a like a trio of artists, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, he he like owed me like two months of rent or some shit like that. And 
still had the audacity to invite people over to hang out <laughs> in, his, in his room and shit. <sighs> And, and be and be using up the electricity and whatnot. So I told him straight up, I'm like, bro, like, either you pay me or you leave and you don't take your shit with me because you owe me money. So I said I I said that and I was like, you know what? Take your shit. I honestly that's just extra shit for me to throw out. So fucking he did leave his couches though. So that I'm appreciative appreciative of because they're sitting in my living room right now. So like he did leave the couches. They're they're extra seats in the house. It works for me. Um <laughs> and he left like two super fire blankets. So they're so they're so soft. They're, they're, perfect, they're perfect for the winter, dude. I'm so I I've been using them since he left. I don't even care. Um but like I but, alright, so, when the track got released, the repercussions were fucking wild. That's, see, me releasing the song isn't even the crazy part. It's what happened after the song was released that, that's where all the crazy shit happened. Mm. So, I said some very, I, see, when I dis, when I, when I drop a diss track, I, I tend to be, that's why I don't do it anymore, and I try to be very friendly with everybody, and I try to be peaceful with everybody, because I tend to get really, really fucking nasty. Mm. And this kid, like, his mom had passed away, so I mentioned that. Oh, God. Yeah, well, I, I don't remember the bar exactly, but it was something like, you know, uh, it was something along the lines of, like, you know what, you, you know what, I'm not going to say it, because it, I, I was basically telling him to self harm, like it was, it was oh, okay. like I said, it was vile, and I, I, I basically said like his mom would be proud if he self harmed to see her. Oh wow! Like it was, yeah, like it was fucked up, and I don't take it back because the kid still fucking owes me money, so <laughs> fuck him, I don't care. Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, but nah, like what happened was the pe the the people that were part of like the the rap trio that he was a part of. Mm -hmm. They didn't even have his back. They were like, no, sorry, we can't because we don't want him coming after us next. That's crazy. Yep. So they kicked him out of the group. Um, because he fucked me over for the money and like just didn't pay. And I aired that out on the track too. Like, it's not like I just sat there and was like, oh, you're a pussy, blah, 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 blah. Nah, like all the, all the facts, I laid them out on the beat. Hmm. And nobody would talk to him. All his all his friends basically turned their backs on him. And he ended up, I guess, like moving to Florida or some shit. Like he literally left the whole state after that song got released. That's crazy. That's 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 fucking crazy. So um, yeah. uh, that's crazy. So um, I have a couple more questions I want to hit before we go. Um, one, how'd you get into making beats? And after this, I want to get into the new album. Um, obviously, no, you can't give too much away, but I want to get into the oh, inspiration I, behind it. I could, I could definitely give away shit about the album now. That's, that motherfucker's three weeks away. Okay, I'm ready cool. to talk about that bitch. Okay, well, before we, <laughs> before we get into that, then how'd you get into even making beats, then? <laughs> All right, so I got into making beats because I was tired of not finding beats that I liked. Hmm. And then the other flip side of that is, I was, I'm 
not gonna lie to you, it's not like it's not like uh, rapping pays the bills. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, at a certain point, you don't have the money to pay for beats. Mm. So, like I, so I understood, I understood the assignment. In a sense, you you know what I'm trying to say. Like I understood I the say. assignment. If I can't pay for the beats, I might as well make them myself. Right. No. So, I went and figured out. I I basically did what I needed to do to figure out how I could make my make my own beats and. Well and behold, it was a lot easier than I thought. <laughs> no, that's that's I think that's a lot of people's story. A lot of people. I mean, my the only reason I started making beats is because one, well, biggest reason is I I met this guy, won't say his name. He's uh, he, he's done some work though, and I remember he had this dope ass beat, and I was like, yo, I, I I'll, I'll get that. He was like, all right, well, it's two thousand. I said, cool. So I got the money together at the time. At that time, two thousand was a lot of money for me. So yeah. get the money together. I have it in a brown paper bag. I'm on the way to bring it to him. I'm about to hand it over to him. He said something key to me before we made the exchange, though. He said, oh, just so you know, if a bigger person wants this, I'm going to give it to him. I said, then what am I paying for? He says, you're paying to rent it. At that time, yeah. I was not in tune to the producing world. I didn't know people rented beats. So... Yep. I said, oh, I don't want to rent. I want to own. He said, well, then that's a different price. So how much is that? And he gave me like an astronomical price of like 50 grand or something like that. And I said, okay, cool. I can't afford that, obviously. I appreciate that. He said, we can still rent it. I said, nah, I'm good. I want to own. And that's the only reason I even started. That's the only reason I got into it. So I think everyone who starts making beats, for some reason, they they, they start doing it uh, because of that. And so now that you've said that, my next question is this new album. I know you couldn't really talk about it before. I know you're ready for to, t- to talk about what, when did you start it? What was the inspiration? What's the name? Et cetera, et cetera. So I want to say the album. Damn, when did I start making the album? I feel like I want to say I. All right. So I tep- I typically like kind of bleed into each other. Like the albums kind of bleed into each other. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I was promoting the, I was getting ready to release the fourth album while writing, while in the middle of writing new music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, this album has been done since June, and I've already written a fuck ton of new music. Hmm. You know what I mean? All ready to be released. So I like to, I like to be ahead of the game. I like to be... You know, I like to have people listen to songs and shit before I actually release it and, like, you know, kind of pseudo-focus group it a little bit. You know what I mean? Just without the whole group. Right. You know? Um, so, I want to say this album, if it didn't get started in December, it got started in January, at least. Okay. Um, and then, I, like I mentioned before, uh, I was done with it by June. So... By I want to say June twenty sixth, I think it was. It was completely uploaded into the distributors. Okay. So about six months total for the whole project. Is that usually how do you usually work? Is, is that fast? Is that slow? Like I don't know. Some people, dude. Nowadays, the, the the length of albums are two to five years. So I mean, like, yeah. is, is that pretty slow for you though? Is that fast for you? Uh, I think I feel 
feel like it was, I, I truthfully feel like it's a bit fast just because I, I typically release an album in November. I usually like, you know, for the past four albums, I've released an out al- for the last four years, actually, I've released an album in November. Mm. So it went dream, it went dream, then uh, dream still, then dream three, then dream forever. And now we're getting ready for this one. Um, it's, I, I, I've definitely, I, I don't remember exact situations, but I definitely know there has been times where like, I'll finish a song and be like, all right, this definitely needs to be on the album. And it's like two weeks before the album releases. Oh, wow. Okay. Which happens. Yeah. So in that situation, I'm like, all right, thankfully I haven't uploaded the album and I pushed the album up fast. Okay. So what's the name of the album? What was that? What's the name of the album? All right. So the last four albums were the Dream series. Uh, Dream was a play on Wu-Tang's Cream, Cash Rules Everything Around Me. But Dream was uh, Drugs Rule Everything Around Me. Okay. Um, It started because, like, it started off with that. Funny enough, the uh, was from a dealer of mine. Uh, he also massive hip hop head, He's a super good guy. Um, he, you know, he came up with that and was like, "Yo, you should name like an album that." And I was like, "That's honestly fucking amazing," and I'm going to. And it ended up being a four album series. Hmm. Um, and at the time, like, I was doing drugs a lot. You know what I mean? Like that was without going into detail, nothing like, nothing like needles or nothing like crazy like that or shit, but like, you know, I was just in a really, uh, spiritual area, you know what I mean? So, um, that's just kind of, that was just kind of like the vibe and just how I was for those couple of years. But then once I reached the fourth album, I'm like, you know, that's not really the lifestyle that I'm living anymore. Like the most I do is like smoke weed and maybe have a beer. Like, I don't really party like that anymore. So the dream drugs don't rule anything, everything around me anymore. But now, but the dream is forever. Truthfully, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's mm-hmm. why that last out, that's why the fourth album was titled dream forever. Cause it was, you know, the dream, the dream doesn't die. You know what I mean? It's still going to be, it's still going to keep going. Right. So, that being my that last album being my farewell to the dream series i had to figure out a, what i was going to name this one and sitting here in my studio i'm looking at my my chair for my computer and it's a wheelchair and i thought about the wheelchair while thinking about the new album title and i was like what the actual fuck could i possibly make the next album titled. Hmm. And I was like, you know, I am a little cuckoo. So, <laughs> I, this album was titled One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, I love the story. It's a, it's a, it's a good story. The movie, the movie's great. Um, the, the pseudo remake miniseries that they had done, Ratchet, starring, uh, Sarah Paulson from the American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. That was, that was from the, uh, the perspective of the nurse from the One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest story, so that was an interesting little short series, like short series they did. 
you know, I really enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the idea of it. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. That's the name of the next album. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Jesus. And that's what's, that's what's releasing on October 7th. That's crazy. So give me three of your favorite tracks on it. I know it's hard to say your favorite, blah, 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 but give me three of your tracks where you, when you first did them, you said, all right, these are dope. But the more you listen to them and the more you add them to the album, you said, all right, these are essentials to this particular album. So, there's, I mean, the whole album is, like like you said, the whole album is fucking, <laughs> I'm obviously going to love the whole album. Right. But, um, I would have to say, just because they haven't been released and nobody's really heard them yet, um, the song Bipolar, that one's, that, uh, there's been snippets of that released, but not the whole song. Um, it's a very, very, very heavy tune. I, that's actually one of the beats that I produced. It's fucking, it's just so heavy. I, I just genuinely, I heard, once I was done with the song, like, like, you know, to answer your question, once I heard the song, I was like, yeah, this is, this is different. This is definitely a different kind of tune. Um, another song on the album is, uh, Molnir. Uh, named after Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, it features uh, Unk Zeke from uh, Maine. Okay. And uh, the homie Zali, who I mentioned earlier. Um, that that That's another one where like you hear the beat and you're like, ooh, okay. And then you hear everybody's verses and it's just everybody knocks it out of the park. Fucking that one, that track is crazy. And then um, I this I have the single out right now, Trippy. Um, that song actually isn't on the album, but the remix of it is, and the the remix features Ritz from Strange Music. Why? Why did you put it out there if it wasn't gonna be on the album? Did you know you had the remix in the in the, in the bag already, and then you just, it was a more of a strategic move? Yes. Okay. That's that's actually exactly why. Um, I already had the remix recorded. The remix was already done. The remix was already uploaded to the distributors, because um, it was. I already knew the remix was going to be on the album. Ah, okay. Um, okay. I had the original version written and done before I uploaded anything, but I wanted that one to be released first because I actually did the songs backwards. I did the remix first. And my dumbass in the beginning of the remix said, yeah, you know, we had to do it one time for the fucking remix. And my dumbass, I totally had forgotten I'd said that. So I couldn't just, like, backtrack and be like, oh, no, like. So I was like, you know what? I'll just leave that the remix. I listed it as the remix. It can stay the remix. I'll just release the regular one as a single. This way here, people are familiar with the beat. Because I think I fucking killed the beat. I killed the beat by myself without Ritz. So, I think I did a damn good job. So, I wanted people to be familiar with the, with the beat. So, that way when they heard the remix, they're like, oh shit, that's right. This is that, that tune that Libsy killed. Let me hear the rest of it now. Mm. <clears throat> because I ended up, I think I ended up like doubling or tripling the amount of time that Ritz rapped. You know what I mean? Mm. He only did one verse. But I did two verses on the original and then i ended up doing like 
a verse and a half on the remix. How'd that come together with you getting Ritz on there? So that was actually due to uh, this email list that I'm a part of from this producer. Um, he puts out things constantly for features and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I ended up just being one of the people that responded and was able to snag that. Okay, that's that, dope. That's actually that's actually how I grabbed the um, the the Capadonna feature. Um, I also have because you it's funny because you mentioned uh, Mob Deep earlier. I have um, a big twins feature, infamous mob and shit. Mm. Um, I have a big twins feature that I'm sitting on. That song's fucking wild. Um, I have a Jaron Benton feature that's going to be on the album. So my last question before we wrap this up: How yeah. how how do you go about features? As far as like when you're putting your album together. Do you feel like features are necessary or do you just feel like you're, or I mean, you kind of answered this earlier, but I find it for me personally, right? So I did a couple projects where there was no features at all, but that was for me more strategic because I felt like I needed to earn, even though I had a small little family at the time, I felt like I needed to earn their respect on, all right, I did one project with nothing but features. Now I feel like you, and then the one complaint I heard was, it's not enough of you. I was like, okay, so how do you make it enough of you without being too much of you, right? If, okay. and, and then I felt like, as, I, as I've gotten older, I, I don't think features are necessarily all the, the thing that needs to be, but I do feel like they can, they can add to it, right? Like to me, tents don't need to be on a car, but they add to it. So, yeah. like example in my last project um killer messenger i have what two or three songs with people on it and it was more like oh you just sound right on this you want to get on this like do you did you going into this project or any project do you feel features are necessary for you or you're kind of like man this just be dope just to have this person on it um see it really depends um nine times out of ten I'll make a beat and I'll be like, ooh, this would be good for somebody to hop on. And then I'll hear the open space again and I'll be like, well, I mean, if I said this, and then next thing you know, the song's just me because I I ended up rapping over both verses. So nine times out of ten, my lack of features is due to my over-creativity. Right, right. Um... And I have actually, from time to time, been like, oh, this person's been hitting me up, trying to get on a track for a while. Let me cut a verse out, take this verse, put it on a beat that's similar. Mm. And now I have two songs. You know what I mean? And one of them has a feature. So, like, it really depends on the beat. It really depends on the person. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Like... Like, I'm not going to ask somebody that particularly raps on drill beats to hop on a boom-bap beat. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I'm i very pick-and-choosy with who I collab with, but I'm not against collabing, if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. You know what I mean? No, that makes perfect sense. Um, like, I, I'm definitely open to the collab. It's just I want to hear what 
we're working with first before I officially make like a yes, I'm doing it or no, I'm not doing a decision. No, no, that makes perfect sense. And I think you kind of have to do that because I mean, from, me personally, it's funny because uh, a, a frequent collaborator of mine, his name is Jonathan Nestor. He literally just makes beat, and they're so random. And like, there's times he's like, "Hey, I need your rap on this," and he gives no direction. And I, I do believe, in fairness, this made this has made me a better MC. But I do love more when people have like a direction. I mean, me and ZYG have done a few songs together, and every time he has a direction of, "Hey, you rap like this. Can you do that on this? Yes or no?" And it's like, "Okay, cool. I can do that." Um, or or hey i just i just need a verse for this and i don't know if i don't know i mean he, he does so much music. he's like you y'all do so much music i don't know i know he's released a, one song we did together i don't know if he's released another like five or six but that makes sense so wrapping it up here do you have anything you want to plug before we get out of here um so i do want to mention that you know we talked about them earlier uh, Catacombs 10 is currently in the works. I am currently writing that. Um, I'm also currently working on a collab album that I'm trying to get done for, I, I'm hoping like, you know, sometime mid-January. Um, and that's literally going to be an album of just pure collabs. No single tracks from me, just literally every track is a collab. Um, and that's the, that's the project that you're going to hear the Capadonna, you're going to hear the Big Twins, you're going to okay. hear um a whole bunch of local cats and whatnot so that's going to be a dope project um the catacombs 10 is going to be more in industry beats they're going to be the, the catacombs 10 is going to be my victory lap that one's going to be like hey this is the 10th one i'm hitting some beats that i've always wanted to hit you know mm. what i mean just didn't think i had the skill level to hit you know what i mean so um shit i could spit you some bars from one of them that i'm working on right now that i'm like this is some of the best fucking bars I've written in a long time. Go and ahead, I'm, man. I'm, like, I'm down. I'm so excited, dude. But um, other than that, uh, I just want to give a shout out to Third Eye Unlimited from New Bedford. They're such a great fucking organization. They work with the youth to get... They work with the youth to put hip-hop into the city and whatnot. So that's, that's such a great fucking organization. I always like to give them props when they can. Shout out to Grind Mode Cypher because... They're all over the country. So if you hear about Grind Mode Cypher, if you're an artist and you're hearing this and you want to get into Grind Mode Cypher, definitely do it because they're great fucking people to work with. Um, I want to thank you for having me on. It's been a fucking blast. I, I, we could literally sit here for like the next three hours and talk. So We, we definitely can, for sure. But uh, obviously, <laughs> we, ha we have lives to get to. <laughs> so... I want to thank you for having me on. It's honestly been a blast. And by, by all means, feel free to ask me to hop on again anytime because I definitely will. And then uh, last but not least, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest on all platforms, October 7th. Shit's going to be dope. Or if you want, go to my links, find it on Bandcamp, and purchase the album and support your local artist. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's dope, man. And I will put... Uh, links to his social media. Matter of fact, if you don't mind, can you text me your link to your SoundCloud? I want to hear that. Plus, I want to put that on the link in this description as well. And um, and please check him out. Also, check him out on uh, Serving on Masters Volume 3, uh, the track Barbarian, the Absolutely Murder. I, as a matter of fact, I, as you were talking earlier, 
um, the part of the open to this podcast episode will be his verse uh, isolated um, at the beginning. So you guys will actually hear what I'm talking about, how dope it is. So um, I appreciate him being on. Check out his new album. I know I will. And that is the show. I am this little chemical that is Lipsy, and we are out.